0: Welcome to The Investigation. I'm Senior Executive Producer Chris Blasto. We're going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays. In the meantime, we hope you give a listen to something else we're working on here at ABC News. It's our daily podcast called Start Here. In just 20 minutes, host Brad Milkey will get you caught up on all the stories that will be driving your day. If you like what you hear, don't forget to head over to Start Here. Hit subscribe, and we'll be waiting for you in the podcast feed every weekday morning. We'll be back with a new edition of The Investigation in the new year when the impeachment proceedings against President Trump begin.
1: It's Tuesday, December 24th, and every war has casualties. We start here. A lot of the shots fired this year were with dollar signs, not bullets.
0: My life would be a lot easier if I didn't take China on, but I like doing it because I have to do it.
1: Today, we're taking a closer look at the trade war that has shaped
2: lives across America. When it comes down to you can't pay your bills, it's, uh, it's a little harder to stick to your guns.
3: And how a last-minute twist. This makes for a much greater amount of clarity. Could change 2020. From ABC News, this is a
1: special edition of Start Here. I'm Brad Milkey. Hey, Merry Christmas Eve. Happy Hanukkah. Night three coming up. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back. This week, we are taking a look at some of the stories that have made the biggest impacts in 2019. And we're going back to the people who watch them play out in real time for their perspective. And yesterday, we talked about natural disasters, but lives get shaped in lots of ways, particularly when it comes to economics and jobs. And yes, trade. Right now, U.S. farmers are
2: feeling the pinch because of the escalating trade war with China.
1: And as good as the news was for the stock market and the unemployment rate this year, President Trump's trade war with China really defined the year for a lot of Americans. Some of them might not even know how much it defined their year. And today we're going to dive deeper into this. I want to go to ABC's chief business and economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis, because, Rebecca, I I know you're really into this, but the word for tariffs is so boring <laughs> right tariffs where do they fit though into the conversation of 2019
3: so Tariffs are a huge part of the economic conversation. If you Googled tariffs, they would probably be in almost every single business and economic story of the year. And that's because the trade war, the questions about the U.S. relationship with China were a factor in every single business and economic story of the year.
0: The fact is somebody had to take China on. My life would be a lot easier if I didn't take China on. But I like doing it because I have to do it. And we're getting great results.
3: The gist of it is... Trump wanted, and most businesses wanted, fairer trade with China. Because
0: they're taking out $500 billion a year plus, and that doesn't include intellectual property theft and other things.
3: They wanted the Chinese to adhere to the very policies that we as U.S. companies adhere to with China. So a tariff, very simply, a tariff is a tax that someone pays at the border when an item comes into the U.S. So if I'm a business in the U.S. and I'm buying a Chinese product that's coming here, I have to pay when that Chinese product crosses the border, I have to pay a tax on that, which means in a sort of ideal scenario that I may as that U.S. business go looking for an alternative. For
0: many years, China has been taking out hundreds of billions of dollars a year and rebuilding China. It's time that we rebuild our country.
3: President Trump's incentive here was to disincentivize U.S. companies and U.S. consumers from buying things from China and instead, in an ideal scenario, to manufacture those items domestically. Now, that's not the entire picture, but that's part of the picture. The other aspect was that U.S. businesses that do business in China have claimed for many years that China imposes great tariffs and restrictions on their products that they export to China, and that also one in five U.S. companies that deals with China says in their dealings with China, they have had their IP stolen. From President Trump's standpoint, that aspect of finding a better solution around trade was to make a fairer playing field so that U.S. companies could do business with China and that China would be less of a trade partner with the U.S., President Trump threatening to raise tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods from 10% to 25% by Friday. So President Trump slaps these new tariffs on Chinese goods coming to the U.S. But China retaliates. China today announcing retaliatory tariffs on $75 billion of American goods, including pork. And it's not like we're just sending the same things across each other's borders. Our farmers do a huge amount of soybean business and other agricultural products with China. So our farmers, they grow things here in the U.S. and then they ship them to China. We we
1: bring in the iPhones and the the computer chips. They get our soybeans and, and our corn.
3: Exactly, Brad. And what has happened over the last year with this trade war and the retaliation, because each time we slap a new tariff on Chinese goods or various Chinese goods coming into the U.S., China retaliates and says either we're not buying the farm products that are coming from the U.S. or we're putting huge tariffs on them, a.k.a. disincentivizing our people from buying U.S. farm products. What we have seen in the last year is that Farm bankruptcies have shot through the roof. They're up 24 percent in the last year. So farmers have been one of the hardest hit categories in the U.S., as have U.S. manufacturers. And part of the issue for U.S. manufacturers is that they're not just sending their things overseas to China. What's actually more likely is that they're buying components and in the factories, taking those Chinese components in U.S. factories, piecing them together and then selling those products. Well, all of a sudden, because of tariffs, those components are far more expensive than they used to be.
1: Another topic that many people are talking about today, that is the new trade deal that President Trump has announced with China. He's calling it phase one of this deal. But then but then just a couple of weeks exactly. ago, the U.S. and China get together and we sign A trade deal, right? Or at least the outlines of a trade deal. How big of a deal was that?
3: This is phase one, Brad, and it it really depends on who you're talking to, whether it's a big deal or not a deal at all.
0: This is a very large deal, the China deal. It covers tremendous manufacturing, farming, uh, a lot of rules, regulations, a lot of things it covers.
3: Because you have... A number of, of individuals, including the White House, making the claim that this is an incredibly big deal, that exports will double from the U.S. to China over the next two years. In particular, farming exports are going to see a huge boost. So those farmers that we talked about getting hurt as a result of the trade war, the trade tensions, they will see business boom in the future, those who have maintained their businesses. Uh, A number of companies, for example, in the financial space will really benefit from this because now, as a result of this phase one, companies like JPMorgan Chase can now go into China and not have to partner with a Chinese company in order to do it. It used to be be the old thing. And and that's one of the big breakthroughs here of this deal. You can finally, if you're a U.S. bank or a credit card company, you go into China on your own. You don't have to partner with a local Chinese company. And then, of course, there are all of the companies that were facing the tariffs that are no longer facing those tariffs that will also benefit.
1: So trade war over.
3: Well for the <laughs> moment quite. for the moment some of the questions are but what did we set out to do in the beginning of this trade deal that said, the market throughout all of this uncertainty has still managed to hold up this is one of the best years in history for stocks that's why I wanted to ask you was because I remember a year
1: ago we were talking and there were a lot of people out there saying the sky is falling yeah even before this the sky did not seem to fall why not
3: well, A big part of that has to do with us, the consumer. American consumers, throughout all of this uncertainty, managed to hold up. They felt confident. They kept spending.
2: Household spending has been strong, supported by a healthy job market, rising incomes, and solid consumer confidence.
3: Corporate America kept churning out jobs, kept churning out, in some cases, stock buybacks. And that's one reason also why you saw the stock market go higher. But Generally speaking, if you look at the U.S. economy, we are different from the rest of the world because our economy, the biggest factor in our economy is us, the consumer. Seventy percent of our economic growth comes from how we behave as consumers. When consumers feel confident and keep spending, when they make money, the economy does better. And this makes for a much greater amount of clarity going into 2020 of here's the rules of the game. They might not be perfect. But I know what they're going to be Um, because the the cost of this trade war, the cost of this uncertainty has been eighty eight billion dollars. Now, you might say to yourself, that sounds like a huge number. You most might say to yourself, but where is that number even reflected? Because I don't see it in the stock market. I don't necessarily see it in my paycheck where you really felt it were in manufacturing companies where every time China retaliated, it was primarily against them. And farmers.
0: A lot of farmers are going to have to come up with alternative sources of income. I'm going to start growing a lot of
3: hay. So those farmers, you know, it's a question. Are they going to be able to come back online, for example, if we get this dramatically larger contract with China? Is a farm that went out of business in 2019 going to be back in business in 2020?
1: Yeah, The stock market loved this, but as you've said again and again, Only half of Americans even own stock anyway. Rebecca Jarvis, thanks for guiding us through this. Thanks, Brad. Next up on Start Here, Rebecca asked how farmers are going to react. Well, we found one who had a hell of a 2019. You heard Rebecca talking about farmers and how they were really disproportionately affected by tariffs this year. So let's talk to a farmer right now. Tom Corcoran grows soybeans in New York State. He's spoken to ABC News throughout the year. How are you doing, Tom? Good, Brad. How are you? I'm good. So, I mean, can you just kind of walk me through over the last year or so, what does that look like for you? So in our operation,
2: we're flexible enough that we can grow whichever crop we think is going to be the most profitable And due to the lack of exports to China specifically, um, this past year, we shifted a lot of our acres into corn because they were the most profitable crop. But there's only so many acres out there. So if everybody in the country shifts 20% of their acres into corn, then the corn price is going to be affected. What were you sending?
1: You were sending what, soybeans to China before?
2: So approximately 30% of the American soybean crop year in year out historically has gone to China, so when they dropped that down to five or ten percent and don't quote me, but you know a, a lot less um, that that was huge that was huge a, a large percentage of our beans go go to China, and uh, when they quit buying,
1: all of a sudden there was a lot of extra soybeans in the country. Well, and we just heard from our economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. She was talking about just the number of farm closures, bankruptcies, farmers picking up extra jobs. I mean, have you seen that unfolding in your community? I would say
2: some, yes. I mean, uh, you know, a good share of us farmers, at least in my part of the country, we have side hustle. So we do we do a lot of different things to, to make money through the slower times of the year. So unfortunately price of soybeans are down a little we'll just work a little harder on our sidelines but oh, do you have um, a side hustle yeah we we truck produce we truck uh, road salt for the towns and state all over the uh the state of new york so uh we were doing that before the price of soybeans went down uh-huh. but now it's a little more relevant that we have that that side side business and i sell seed corn i do some other things so like i say we're it's t- it's tough to make money growing gr- grain in in uh, New York State, corn, soybeans, wheat, but uh, it's it's, it's better when the price is higher.
0: I think in agriculture they will hit fifty billion dollars next yes. year. Or when, Pretty soon they've already stepped it up. Well, so
1: just over the last couple um, of weeks, Tom, we we had this deal between the U.S. and China. One of the main features of the deal is apparently getting China to buy more U.S. agriculture products. What has the reaction been from farmers?
2: Yeah, there's there's definitely excitement in the in the grain marketing world. We put what we call targets out there. So if if we think we can make a profit at X amount of dollars per bushel, we'll put a target out, and uh, it you know it hasn't hit in the longest time. So now we're hoping there's going to be a point within the next six months that we're going to be able to book soybeans ahead before we even think about putting them in the ground that when we sell them next fall, we can sell them at a profit.
1: Oh, so you guys are still kind of waiting to see, you know, China says they're going to buy a thing, but I want to be sure of that before I start planting that thing in the ground.
2: Correct. And historically, they've been known to back out of a deal or two. So uh, we're we're cautious. My wife is nodding her head yes. So we're <laughs> cautiously optimistic that they're going to stick to their word and we're going to stick to our word and uh, that this deal is going to happen the way it's supposed to. And by midwinter they're they're taking shipments of soybeans from us and uh they don't renege and, and we don't do anything that uh makes them angry. Just dangerous business getting your hopes too high too early. That's
1: correct. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> And so at the end of the day, Tom, I mean, we've talked about how American farms, they were kind of the – I mean, you guys were kind of the pressure point that the Chinese used, and our government decided rather than bend right away, hey, no, we're going to stand firm, but we're also going to uh, give federal subsidies to farmers to try to help them through the tough time. Now that this trade deal is sort of outlined, was this last year – I mean, was this worth it? That is a great question.
2: Um, I Yeah, most of the guys that I'm friends with uh, – we didn't, weren't happy about the subsidies. We would have rather had a better market. But unfortunately, we all accepted the subsidies to try to make ourselves profitable. Why didn't you like them? We're, we're proud people. We don't believe the taxpayers should be supporting, supporting us, and we should be able to support ourselves. And unfortunately, we got caught in the center of this trade battle. And uh, unfortunately, you still have bills to pay. So it's awful easy to stand here and say, boy, this is what we should do. And America's doing the right thing with China. But when it comes down to, you can't pay your bills. It's uh it's a little harder to stick to your
1: guns. Especially when our ammo is, is, is your crops. Um, hey, Tom, by the way, what does it look like on your farm right now? Can you just walk me around? Is there snow on the ground? What?
2: We, we've we got snow on the ground. We're hauling some corn out to the, to the places our end users. And, uh, So, uh, yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in this part of the country.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you have a great holiday. Uh, Tom Corcoran, good luck, and thank you for the time. Thank you, Brad. Happy holiday to you as well. Tom Corcoran, just a really good guy ABC's been checking in with throughout the year, and our thanks to ABC's Isabel Philippe for arranging that interview. And our thanks to you for checking out these stories this week. Tomorrow morning, the Start Here team is going to be off we're taking the day no episode tomorrow do not adjust your smartphone we will be back with a really cool episode on thursday the 26th until then i'm brad milkey see you soon